Hello and welcome to Season 6, Episode 6 of the Marketing Matters Podcast. And today we're continuing our sort of exploration of the tools of the trade. And the title for today is Sometimes the Best Tool is Somebody Else. So we'll get into that in a minute. But first of all, I must welcome my fellow podcaster, David Wright. So uh, hello, David. Hi there. Even if it is a bit late, we've had a bit of a busy day. Busy day, uh, yeah. But it's uh, but the sun is shining and prospects of hopefully some decent weather at the weekend because I'm planning to spend the first weekend on the boat for this season, assuming it passes its MOT tomorrow. But that's a whole new thing. So yes, hopefully that will happen and with the, I can enjoy some of the good weather. But back to the subject in hand. Sometimes the best tool to use is somebody else. Well, I mean, we've spent the last five weeks or five episodes looking at some of the tools we use in our uh, day-to-day life. Uh, and today we just want to explore the idea that sometimes, yeah, we, I mean, it's always great being able to do it yourself. But sometimes the best choice is actually to get someone else to do it. And David, you've been sort of putting some thought into to this subject because you've written this week's blog post. So what are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, obviously this this time it's a little bit different to what we've been talking about over recent episodes because we've been talking about specific tools and which are are all great ways to help you run your business but but I think we're looking at things slightly differently here in that sometimes there are either it's something you're trying to do within your business or something that maybe a customer or client has asked you to do which is not necessarily within your core skill set and so it's a question of, again, whether it's something you need to do for your own business or something that customers ask you to do. Should you try and do it yourself? Should you say, yeah, I can do that? And I think the issue is that often, as a, as a, particularly if you're running a small business, it can be tempting to try and do everything yourself because obviously if it's you're doing stuff for, you, for your own business, then it's saving the cost of getting somebody else to do it for you and having to pay them. If it's doing some work for a client then it's an opportunity for a well two things an additional revenue and it kind of protects you from your client going somewhere else for that uh, that service so it can be very tempting to to try and do it yourself but i think there is a a flip side and 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 that's the fact that you're actually trying to do something that isn't a core skill of yours mm. and that has a downside doesn't it duncan yeah, and I think if you're trying to do something that isn't a core skill, it's, I mean, there are a number of, there are a couple of downsides. The first one, and I think is anybody who's tried to do sort of DIY will know that having the right tools for the job is critical. And sometimes to do a, a job, it can cost you as much, if not more in tools than anything else. And I think if you're just doing the job sort of now and again, uh, shelling out for all the tools can be quite expensive and I think learning how to use them well I was going to come on to that in a minute but yeah so and it's the same with a lot of business processes particularly around web that the tools it can be less expensive it can be easier and, and more cost effective to actually get someone who's already got the tools and as, as we'll come to in a minute knows how to use them to get them to do it for you and I think websites are a good example of this in the WordPress as I'm sure you anyone who's listened to our podcast before will know they're they're based around plugins and the good plugins quite rightly cost to use them and quite often these plugins will add up in the the cost of them will add up to you know maybe a few hundred pounds potentially for a website because we do these all the time we have uh, licenses which allow them to use them on 
many many websites so we can actually very cost effectively include those the use of those professional plugins in the websites that we develop so by getting us to do it you're getting the benefit of all those tools without having to uh, shell out for individual ones yourself so i think that's that's one significant benefit of getting somebody else to do them but as we talked about there the other thing is knowing how to use them and the learning curve about you know learning how to use these tools because if you don't use them every day you can forget yeah and and i think it's it's also i'd look at it another another way that if you're just shelling out money to whether it's to to buy a thing or to to get someone to do some work for you that's uh, that's one thing but i think always a better way of looking at it particularly when you're talking about finding people to work with is not just to say i need a an external service supplier to do a job for me but but is there a way that you can work more collaboratively with people which I think is a, a much more satisfying way of operating and I think when it comes to I mean you've been talking about websites there Duncan that mm. and I think a good example here is that if you're and it's we've we've talked about this before with with your own website if there's stuff on your website that that you need to do regularly and and it actually can can become a bit of a pain to have to pay someone to do it every time you need to change something those are the things that absolutely it, it's worth putting the time and effort into being able to do that sort of stuff yourself or or in-house with another member of your team but if it's if it's other sorts of updates to the website that perhaps only happen once every now and again and as you say that you you forget how to do it then it's better to to have somebody else on call as and when you need them but in this much more collaborative way when you do what what's appropriate for you and you get other people to do things when it's perhaps less appropriate for you to do them more appropriate to to get somebody else to do it and it's you you do come across people who don't like working like that they just want to do everything either they want to do everything themselves or your supplier won't split it with you they want to do everything for you Mm. and and obviously charge you for everything but I think those are perhaps not not a good way of going forward and certainly not the way we we see things where we we look to try and make sure we we're we're working collaboratively where we're doing the the right bits and and our clients are doing the right bits so that we we all get the most out of of our relationship yeah and I, I think a good example of that actually was uh a call I had from a client last week who, unfortunately, he'd just been struck down with the, the dreaded uh, COVID. And so, Dave, I hope you're feeling better now. But his problem was he needed to shut down the shop on his, his website uh, temporarily because, um, obviously, he was going to be out of the office and he, he was just all disrupted. So he asked me if I could do we could do this. So, basically, I put a, the facility on the website to put what's called a maintenance page on it so he could effectively at this flick of a button switch it off at the website and put a message up there saying for the reasons so I did that and then I went and had a look at it today to see and I realized the message had changed so obviously he when I did it I showed him what I'd done and how I'd done it so he today or I think it was today or yesterday was able to go on and change the message because he'd had to extend the closure and whatever so he didn't need to come back to me to say oh can you do this can you do that he, once he had, once he got the tools he was able to do it himself and I think that's a, a good example of, of the sort of the the collaborative working that, that you're talking about yeah. and I think and, and again looking at whether it's something for, you, for yourself in your own business or something for that you you're trying to do for a client I think if it's for yourself in your own business then that way if you are paying somebody else to 
to help you with something, then you're getting best value rather than just having to pay for bits that you could do yourself because it's part of a package. And if you're working, if you're engaging, collaborating with somebody else to to provide a service to your client, then, then I think that has a number of benefits because presumably the person you're collaborating with is somebody you you trust and have confidence with yeah. to, to do a good job. So you're confident that your client is getting the, the best service, not only in terms of the work you're doing, but in terms of the working your the work your partner's doing. But also it means that your the sort of the, the, the two elements are are bigger than the, mm. the, the, the than the sum of the parts. Yeah. It's it, it's a good combination. Yeah, I think I mean a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago we talked about our use of zero and I think that's probably quite a good example because I mean you do all the the majority of the accounts, but I would gain guess ninety percent of it you can do yourself. But sometimes you get to a point in zero where you don't know what to do or an accounting issue they don't want to do. And you, we do then fall back on the accountant to get their expert knowledge to fill in your the gaps. So you're, you know, and that that's another sort of example where, as you uh, say, working in working in the business rather than yeah, supplying that, for your clients. And that's one where it's a collaboration to support our business. Yeah. But but I think if you're if you're doing it where you're you're get, you're working with a, a third party to provide services for your your customers. Yes, yeah, that's different. The, it's different, but I think this is where I mentioned earlier the idea that you try and do it yourself because oh well, um, I can. Um, there's more revenue if I yeah. if I do it all myself. But I think there is another way of looking at it as well, and that is if you are providing the best possible service to your clients, mm. even though some of the revenue that comes back from that will be obviously going to your partner, it's normal that the total revenue can be bigger because you're confident that nobody's trying to do anything that's not a, a core skill. Yeah. So so the value that goes to your customer is more, so the, the customer is more likely to pay more. So, okay, you're having to, to split the, the fee, but it's a bigger fee. So it can mm. be that you might have a smaller slice of a bigger cake. Yeah, and, and it's something we, many years ago, when we sort of, took a look at BSA and tried to uh, improve what we were doing, it was one of the first things that the consultant we were working with sort of said to us is, is there anything in any of your business that you shouldn't be doing because it's not your core competence? And we identified a number of areas that actually, yes, we could do it ourselves and we could deliver a, a good service for our clients, but actually it's where all the stress came from. And actually, because of the amount of time we had to spend on it, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't good business. So actually by shifting that and still delivering that service to a client, but doing it through a third party actually became a much more efficient way and a much better way of delivering. And I think that that's, I guess, what you're and, trying and to I, say. I think when we, when we did that, actually, it was a mix of stuff because there was some stuff that we realized was not core to what we were doing and didn't really impact on our core stuff. Yeah. So we were better off just not doing it well, at yeah, all. Well, there is that. And, and recognize what we're good at and what we're not good at. But then there was other stuff that was perhaps not core to what we do. And perhaps the best example, the most significant example we've got here is graphic design, which, mm. yeah, we can we can do bits and pieces to a, to a level, but there are times when you, you need a bit more. You need a professional yeah. graphical input. And that was absolutely core to, to what, we, what we were involved with. So it was inappropriate. It was going to be uh, significantly weaken our offering if we just turned around and said, no, we don't do that. But there, so we, we, we made the effort and we've now developed relationships with designers who that we have a, a good ongoing relationship mm. with 
Yeah, and and that's another one where again we we actually have got access to all the tools that a graphic designer would use the the programs, but actually Ant, who does a lot of our, our graphic design, has a bigger kit bag of tools because actually for us to have them for the the now and again that we need to use them, it would just be a expensive and b trying to keep up to date with how to use them just becomes un- that that's the big issue yeah. because I mean we have we have Photoshop and we have a lot of real decent high end tools and. And that has a point because sometimes you just need to tweak things mm. and that's the easiest way of tweaking them. But when it comes to full-on creative work, that's when we are creative graphic work. That's that's not our core skill. And that's it. so it's not so much about having the tools. It is absolutely about that having actually, the ideas, the creativity yeah. and knowing how to use the tools to implement those ideas. Yeah, and I think one thing we just touched on there is this idea of keeping up to date and, and keeping your knowledge up to date of things because marketing and particularly web marketing is continually evolving anybody who has anything to do with google will know every six months if you log on to google they'll have to completely change their interface and how they do things and what so actually keeping up to date again if you're not using it that that regularly can be a real challenge and, and not really sustainable so again working with somebody who keeping up to date is part of their bread and butter is is worth doing and a good as i mentioned google actually i'm gonna i think we're gonna start wrapping it up now but looking at next time we're gonna take a look at the final tool in our kit bag which is it, 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 we've left it till last because it's a slightly unusual one in that it's not really a tool. It's sort of a, a an area of marketing, which is search marketing. And it's one which we get asked a lot of, of questions about by our clients. So we're going to take a, a slightly um, deeper look at that next time. But it's something that Google are continually changing. And I'm, I'm saying Google, obviously there are other platforms for marketing as well, but all of them are continually changing they're offering the way they do things, the best practice. So actually keeping up to date with that and knowing what the best thing to do is is quite challenging. So often we, you know, clients come to us because we're continually doing that. So we, we're able to to keep up to date. Yeah. And I also I also think without preempting what we're going to talk about in, in, in the, the next episode, it is an area, it's a bit of a bone of contention in that there is this concept that oh, I'll just get to the top of Google and everything will be great, whatever that means. And it is so... Well, we'll so, talk about that next time. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so much more complicated than that. And it's people get sucked into something which actually takes them away from the core thing, which I think is making sure that you deliver a cracking service yeah. to your customers. Because if you do that, you've got the basis of something. If you just fixated on getting to the top of google or whatever then you're missing the point yeah and but as as we said we will we will talk about that in much more detail next time so i think we'll leave it there for today as people know oh hang on david's got something i just i just want to to, he was waving at me i just want to finish off with one thing that i've talked a few times the idea of a a collaborative partnership and how it can the sum of the parts can be greater than the whole and or is it the whole company's greater than something? Whichever. Anyway, you know what I mean. But I think there's another aspect to it as well. If you have a genuine collaborative approach, and that is that there can be a direct marketing opportunity because just as you're engaging with another person or another organization to, to help enhance your uh, overall offering, that it's working the other way around as well because mm. presumably or probably that the, the, the core offering of the your partner is, is going to be enhanced by what you can do. So it's quite possible that maybe some of 
their customers or their clients can benefit from what you're doing yeah. just as your clients are benefiting from what they're doing. So if you have a genuinely collaborative relationship, it can work well from a, yeah. from a marketing and business development point of view as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good place to finish it. So we will leave you for now. As always, if you want to uh, get more of our work in the meantime, you'll find our podcasts at podcast.bsamarketing.com. You'll find our blog post and David's written a post to go along with this podcast at, on our website, bsamarketing.com. You'll also find us on social media, on Twitter at BSA Marketing and on LinkedIn at BSA Marketing. So until next time, we will say goodbye. Enjoy, hopefully, the good weather where you are and we'll see you next time. Happy marketing. Bye for now. Bye.